Welcome back, everybody, to Opportunity to Knock, Opportunity Knocks, the podcast for small business owners, entrepreneurs, those who aspire to be those things, a community here to build and share opportunities on how to be successful, taken from successes that people have had, and more importantly, from failures that they've had during the course of their career and their experience. I'm your host, Dean Miller, and it is my pleasure to be here today with a very interesting human being. I hope you get to know a little bit better. Gentleman by the name of Fetty, Femi, Femi Adabanjo. You're good. Uh, Femi was introduced to me. We do not know each other. This is the first time we're actually That's meeting we're face actually to face. Yep. Uh, we've communicated a little bit through the wonderful world of social, social media, media, which is where most people need to spend their time, regardless of your age. That's my two cents and I'm sticking to it. Sure. Uh, but we've never sat down face to face and we were kind of introduced uh, to each other by a mutual friend, the wild and crazy handsome homebuyer slash captain permit, Charles Weinraub, right. uh, who will be a future guest here, whether he knows it yet or not. Um, but Charles surrounds himself with brilliant people. Uh, and part very, of very smart guy. Yeah. And part of why I, I had a desire when we put it out there that we're doing a podcast, I said randomly, I want people who want to do this. And Femi was one of the first people to raise his hand. So I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Thank uh, you and for I'm, having me. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the next 30 or 30 or 40 minutes or so and, and picking your brain and helping you expose who you are and what you do to your community so we could help bring some value to you no and while you bring that. value to, to them. That's what so, I'm here to do. Femi, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us thank today. You. Thank you for having me. So Dean. before we get rolling really deep into this, can you give me a quick introduction as to who you are, what you do, and why you choose to do what you do? Uh, oh, loaded questions. <laughs> yeah, why not start with the difficult ones? <laughs> exactly. Um, so my name is Femi, Femi out of Banjo. Uh, social media world, they know me as Femi the agent. Yep. Um, I've been doing real estate now for 17 years. Okay, so you're a seasoned vet, that's for sure. Yeah, um, been around the block and then some. Um, trying to think what else. Stepped um, in a few potholes along the way? A whole lot of potholes, yep. I'm sure. You know, you talk to a lot of people, so you know a lot of the potholes that we, we come in contact with on and a daily basis. It's wonderful when we fall in them. It's even better when we can pull ourselves out of them. Yeah, right? absolutely right. Um, you know, I um, before getting into real estate, I was doing uh, medical billing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but real estate was always something that I wanted to do. And, you know, I think like everybody else, you, you know, you start in the beginning sort of part time and try to get your feet wet and try to get yourself set up in the right way where you can do it full time. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's more so, I think, just about trying to continue to push, you know, even when you have those bad times or when you're going through, you have a lot going on. You just um, have to sort of, you know, just buckle down and keep it going. Let me let me ask a, a kind of out of the box question. Sure. Um, like like many, you came in and kind of did it part time. Yes. Uh, and that was more out of necessity, obviously, than desire, because right. most people say when I get into the business, even if I get a slam dunk today, probably not getting paid for 60 to 90 days. Exactly. And those who manage to get paid in the first 90 days when they get into this business <laughs> are very lucky, completely <laughs> lucky or the most blessed people in the world. And they've stepped exactly. in a lot of a lot of bad stuff that brought them good luck. Exactly. But it, in your opinion, if money were no object. And that that's a, a tough way to look at it. When you got into real estate, would you have gone headfirst in to do it full time? Um, if it was no object, yeah, I, I definitely think that I would have. Um, I, I would have done it full time. And, and um, go ahead. For me, sorry to cut you off. The, the okay. reason that I um, got into the business was to one be able to find a place for myself because I didn't own a home at that point. 
So um, I got licensed in April of 2002, found a house in May, closed in July. And then exactly a week later, I get laid off from work. Wow. So um, <laughs> um, th- that was one of the reasons that I wanted to get into the business. But then also, um, you know, to, to spend more time with my kids because my daughter, uh, she was two, so she was five at the time. Um, her first year from going to the babysitter, she had got burned on her leg. So when that happened, I said to myself and also to my wife that we were going to try to find a way to switch our schedules around where, um, you know, someone was only always going to be home with the kids. Okay. Where I didn't, I wasn't going to have anybody watching my kids going forward from that, you know, from that point when that happened. Um, so those were the two main reasons that I got into the business. Um, and you know, knock on wood, um, you know, 17 years later, I'm still standing. I'm still here. Figured out a way to make it work without, without having to go back to that nine to five or uh, in your case, I know the hours you were working at one point were far from nine to five. Yeah. Midnight but, to eight thirty. Yeah. But that consistent paycheck, not having that was, was an obstacle that you were over to, able to overcome. Yeah. It's always, it's never, uh, I think anything that you do in life in general and any business that you're in, um, it's never easy, especially when you're looking to, you know, not just get by, but just sort of live paycheck to paycheck. You have a certain standard of living <clears throat> that you want to sort of try to keep up or, you know, sometimes just to get by in a sense. Um, so, you know, you need that nine to five or you need that constant, you need that steady pay. Right. So you have to do what you have to do, whether it's working two jobs or working three jobs, whatever you need to do to make ends meet and yep. to survive. Those are the things that you need to do. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I think you come across a lot of different people on a daily basis and, you know, everybody always has this different excuse as to why this can't work or that can't work. Anything can work in this day and age. You just really have to put in the time and the effort. Um, but a lot of people don't put in the time and the effort. It's always easier to talk about what you will do or talk about your shortcomings. But unless you're willing to get past that, you're never going to be able to get anywhere or make it in life. Yeah, it's a great So forget it, business, just life in general. It's a great point because they are, they are, and all too often, they are one and the same. You look at people who talk about work-life balance. Right. Um, and the reality of it is there is no balance in that 50-50 mindset, but it's how you handle the moments where you're in both. And it's the quality of the time that you spend in each. It's true. And I, and I think also, like you said, Dean, you have to have someone who can sort of get in your ear to tell you, you know, you need to sort of keep that balance because, you know, sometimes we find, we find ourselves trying to get so head deep into what we're doing that you may, you may miss something or yep. you may tilt it, you know, maybe in the wrong direction and you're not manage, managing that balance. So, you need someone to sort of reel you back in so that you don't forget what you're looking to do, but then also don't forget about everything else that's going on around right. you. So um, I think as long as you have that, that for me, I think is always very, very important. Um, for you personally, who is that person or persons that provide that help you stay focused and balanced? Um, my kids and also my wife. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a couple of friends uh, that, you know, that also get my uh, and help me, um, you know, keep that balance. You know, a lot of the people that I know, I, I have one friend that I've known since the fourth grade and um, other friends that I've known since high school. And, you know, I'm 45 now. I've met them when I was 17 and I still speak to them up to this day. It's great. So for me, it's it's about, you know, we're always going to meet so many different people as you you're going on in life. But you always want to keep genuine people around you. You know, I don't want yes men around me and I don't want to sort of associate myself with yes men. I'm not a yes man myself. Yeah. So when you ask me 
<laughs> you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the truth. And that's, and that's what I love. And, and that was one of the things that kind of attracted me to Thank you, you. When listening to that podcast Thank you. is you, you <clears throat> reminded me of some of the things that I find most important in my own personality. And that's get shit done. Right. Be around the right people, do right. the right thing. Right. Um, and I, I was really excited to hear that you have a month, you know, I don't know how many of you have, but I heard one of the things you do every month is you have lunch with Charles and another realtor by the name of Beth Lowe, who I have not had the chance to formally really sit down and meet. We've bumped into each other at a lot of functions. Right. Beth's story is absolutely phenomenal. And I, I, I would love the opportunity to sit down with her and share. She's, she shares her story so openly. She but does. You guys have, uh, and, and she's got an incredible backstory. She does. She definitely does. Um, she's one of the most successful in the business here on the, on the island. She is. Uh, she is an absolute powerhouse. And I, I don't say that lightly. She's overcome so many hurdles and, ob- and obstacles and created, but she's created so many opportunities for herself, which makes me proud to even see what she's doing, let right. alone. I'd, I'd love to get to know so her. Done, a bit. Right. To get to know her. But you guys once a month get together for lunch. Right. And for what purpose? Um, really is the, I won't say shoot the shit, excuse my language. That's, um, listen, I'm going to say worse than that from time to time. So don't need to we, we, um, we, we shoot the breeze. We, you know, we talk about business and we talk about a lot of just personal things that's going on, you know, within all of our circles and just each individual person. Um, and that all started, I don't know, I'd say maybe about four years ago. And, wow. you know, like you said, um, you know, the world of social media and just, you know, you meet people at different functions. It's funny when I met Charles at a uh, networking event, I think uh, Christina Shaw was doing for Wall State and Beth was there. Um, Him and I, we just started talking. Someone introduced us and, you know, we were talking about real estate and, you know, different houses and different areas. I'm like, you know, I just put a house in contract in Westbury. He asked me what the address was. I told him, funny enough, he's the owner of the house. (laughs) (laughs) And we both didn't even, we didn't know of each other, didn't know each other up until that point. And then at that point, we just sort of hit it off and, you know, everything's been going, you know, pretty cool, you know, from that point on. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. So the opportunity to connect with people like that has really motivated you to do, do it more Def- Definitely. Definitely. Cause you know what it is in this business and I business and I think just life in general, just like you said, you always want to try to surround yourself with people that are doing the same as you or more. Yes. I always want to be around people doing a lot more than me because that motivates me. I always want to, you know, pick their brain to see, you know, some of the different things that they're doing. Cause you know, for me, I'm still working on getting organized. That's always been one of my biggest problems. And it's one um, of the hardest parts of being self-employed, which, yeah. which, uh, you know, as, as real estate agents and realtors, we really are. We're self-employed. We're, we're self-employed. Self, yeah. We run our own business we definitely and, and do. not, en- not enough people treat it that way. It's true. They treat it as the job. And, and I, I hate when I hear from agents who are below average right. uh, and average here on the Island is not a very impressive number. When That's you not, look at, when you look at the numbers, what would you say? Um, three to five on average? Yeah. Somewhere it's exact number I used the other day. I haven't run the numbers since early in the year, right. but um, the 2018 numbers that I was able to research from our board, there's over 26,000 actual agents, real estate right. agents. Um, just over 13, it was like 13,100 and something agents sold at least deal. one house. Right. And you look at that and say, you know, 50.001% are just holding licenses and doing absolutely nothing with them. Exactly. And that's, you know, that, that's a waste of money. And, and, you know, we talk about, I was reading another article the other day and it came up three times in the same article, the law of average. Mm. And what, what a dear friend of mine, uh, uh, Marcus Hines used to call it the snapback effect. Right. You'd go and you'd do stuff and do stuff and you'd push the envelope. And then all of a sudden you'd get a little success and you'd exhale and you'd get snapped back to that average all the right. time. Right. And momentum actually pulls you backwards to below average again. Mm. And if you're not careful enough to push forward, you're never going to pull you 
back below, like you said, yeah. and then you end up staying in that rut or staying in that area. It'll keep you in sad. that bottom 50 percentile. Right. Uh, and I think that's where organization and commitment to uh, being the professional and understanding that you are you, Inc. Right. You're Femi, Inc. I'm Dean Miller, Inc. Right. Uh, we were talking about that earlier today, saying, you know, there's a lot of opportunities that I have in multiple fields. Like I said to you before, I used to own a restaurant, but at the same time, I was running the real estate company. Right. Uh, I've been an investor in multiple companies and all those things, you treat them each individually, individually. as a, as as a, a business, business That's true. that you can manage. So people have the capacity to do so much more than they do and that they give themselves credit for on a regular we, basis. We, we, we definitely do. But I, I think the biggest problem with a lot of people, and I would say myself sometimes, it also is you can't be good at everything that you do, or you can't be 100% at everything that you do. So sometimes you need to align yourself with people who maybe know more than you in a different field and, you know, let them sort of run with it, especially if that's something that they're good at or they're better than you and at it. Especially when they enjoy it. When they enjoy it as well. You're going to get a lot more out of people. Yeah. So it's always best that you try to align yourself with those people, especially if <clears throat> that that's their niche. And like you said, that's something that they love doing. Align yourself with those people. You know, you guys sort of try to work something out and, you know, you let them sort of run with it. And of course, you're still going to be involved, but have them on your team because that's only going to make you grow. And it creates you know? a tremendous amount of leverage. It definitely does. Yeah. So you, you talk about team. Um, are you a one man show? Do you have a team formally or informally? And informally, I have a team. Um, I have um, one guy that's working with me now. I have two more people that are about to come on, uh, on, on the team. So it's, you know, right now for me, it's more about trying to leverage, you know, a lot of the things that I've done in the past. Cause I, you know, up till, I don't know, I'd say maybe two years ago, I was a one-man show. Okay. Um, I try to work with people in the past, but, um, you know, a lot of them don't have that same drive, that same dedication, that same People motivation. are the hardest part of any business. That's always the hardest part of every, any business. Dean, yep. as you know better than I do, um, you know, you just try to, you want to find people who have that same common goal as you or people who have that drive and that desire. But, you know, for a lot of people, you, you, you talk with them and everybody can always talk that talk. And it's like, okay, no problem. Let me see what you're made of and let me bring you into my world. And, you know, I understand you have a, you have a job because you need to get this going to a point where you don't need that job anymore. Not a problem. They're so, in survival mode. Yeah. You're in survival mode. mode. Yeah. So, you know, you, you take them on and, you know, you're trying to do everything for them and try to help them get themselves going. But, you know, everybody's always going to start off really strong that first the second week. Yep. And then they sort of die off and then, then it's crickets. It's that snapback effect. Yeah. The snapback you know, effect, they, which is exactly they, what you said. You know, or the law of average. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's funny how you read something and you kind of get immersed in it. And then all of a sudden it's just the opportunity to talk about it is constantly there. It's true. It's true. Uh, and I, I really think if, if you embrace that, it, it creates the chance to be so self-aware of it. Right. That you're always looking over your shoulder just enough, enough to say, there it is. But you still got one eye, you that peripheral vision, it can keep you looking forward. You should definitely never take your eyes off the, uh, off the prize or take your, yeah. take your eyes off that goal. Um, yeah. You always have to keep it going. Um, you know, I, I can use myself as an example because my first year in the business, I only sold one house. That was me buying a house and the broker taking half. Right. So it was, it was your own actual purchase. My own, yeah. yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I said to myself, while I was going through that first year and it was, it was pretty rough, but I always said to myself, I know there's a lot of people in this business that are making money and that are very successful and uh, thriving. So I need to find a way to align myself with those people. There it is. So it wasn't just, okay, I got in the business. I'm doing it nine months. I only did one deal. You know, let's close the doors and go back to work. And no, it's, you know, 
you look at it as there are people that you know that are being successful doing exactly the same that are in the same business yep. or in the same field. You just have to try to find a way to align yourself with those people. And, and more often than not, those many, I'm not going to say all, mm-hmm. but I would definitely say more than half of those people are always more than willing to share. Yeah, absolutely right. And I would like to think that number is much closer to 100% than 50%. I, I think a lot of it also um, has to do with, being with the way that you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the older that I get, the more that I realize it more, you know, the way that you carry yourself and with social media being so big now, the way that you're portraying yourself out in the world is going to determine which doors are going to open for you or which doors are going to stay closed or which people are going to come up to you and hand you tickets for the circus because you're carrying yourself like a clown. (laughs) So for me, you know, you just have to remember, like you said, keep it in the back of your mind that what you're doing can lead to so many different things based on the way that you're carrying yourself, based on, how you're doing your business and just, I think your overall integrity um, is going to open so many doors based on the way that you're carrying yourself. If you're doing it correctly, yeah, it'll open you up to so many different things and so many different opportunities. Right. And, and it creates more opportunities. Many, in many cases, you weren't even looking for them. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And they just show up. And that, that's what I, that was one of the reasons why I loved when we thought about the name of the show, you know, I could use the word opportunity pretty much in every sentence we talk about. It's here, true. If you think about it logically. Right. Uh, but I think too many people fear opportunity and, and say, well, you know, life dealt me a shit hand, Right. there's an opportunity to overcome, to overcome it, uh, you know, because you, we've all been dealt a bad hand, but and, are you going to remain down for the count? Right. Or do you get up and you keep going? That's because it. Because you have to think about everybody else that's dependent on you. So what are you going to tell them? Yeah. You know, like you said, I've been dealt a shit hand and I just, I can't do it anymore. Right. For me, that's never been my thing. Um, you know, I'm 45 now. I've been on my own since I was 17. So I'm programmed, I'm programmed a little differently from a lot of people who you look at them and they have everything at their fingertips and they still don't take advantage of any yeah. of those things or utilize them. Yep. So, you know, you sort of, you know, when you're coming to me and giving me some of your problems, I can't really respect it because I know that I've been through worse and then some. I can give you advice on some of the things that I've gone through and how to try to overcome it. but Every, I think the advice that we give to people, only half of the people that you're giving that advice to will actually take advantage of it yeah. or actually listen to it and say, you know what, and let me take it. heat and absorb it and say, you know what, let me try to use that to do things a little differently. A lot of people, I think, love to sort of wallow in that misery yep. that they're going through. But for me, that's just, that's not the way to do things. You need to, you, you have to keep going. I met a guy last night. We were, Corey and I were in the city. We went to a, a to an event at, at VaynerMedia's office, Gary right. Vaynerchuk's office. Oh, nice. Uh, kind of a reunion of people who went through his 4Ds program, which mm. I, I was fortunate enough to do twice because I'm a nice. slow learner, as I tell people. <laughs> you uh, both. But we were, we were talking to a guy last night um, whose name just escaped me, but he's kind of in the health and fitness world. Uh, and he's, and, and so, some type of conversation along those lines came up. And he says, I've got a 90-second rule. When people see me down and out, they all know 90 seconds later, it's their right to come up and kind of smack me around or shake me into it and say, to get you you've, you've over, on. you've exceeded your, your pity time, mm. uh, the pity party. And I, nice. I, I love the 90 second. And I, in my own head, I kind of look at it the same way as I could have a tendency to wallow in those things at time to time, but we I all do. Yeah. But I, I know that I'm wallowing. Right. And I there's know, always, there's a cutoff point. Sorry yeah. to cut you off. No, there that, is a cutoff point. That's we, it. We, we can't, you can't stay there. You can't live there. Yeah. And, and I, I always have that mindset of no matter what time of day it happens, by the end of the day, I'm going to exhale and it's going to go away. Right. And it won't be, it'll be there tomorrow. 
but I won't look at it as wallowing. I'll look at it as saying, okay, can I learn from this? Or right. do I just need to put it behind me? Or do I just have to put it in the back of my head? Hey, right. this happened. Don't ever let it, let it happen. Let again. it happen. Be again. aware that if it happens again, how are you going to handle You're it? You're going to have, yeah, you should handle it differently if it, <laughs> if it comes up because yeah. you've dealt with that experience now. So, and, and I think those, those life lessons tool. are so important that so many people, you know, with depression being such a common issue nowadays, right. uh, you know, whether it be legit PTSD or just depression as it is, right. uh, uh, you know, I, I think the more people can focus on that, the disease of depression and it, and it is, you know, it is a disease right. and some people have that, that physical issue that right. causes it for them. And, right. and, and we hope those people will, will be able, be able to, to have someone around them to acknowledge it and help them move on. Exactly. Right. Right. As, you know, as someone who, who's uh, got a family member, who's a victim of suicide, that's near and dear to my heart. Oh. And I look at, I look at PTSD and, you know, there are people close to me I know who served in, in, in the Middle East during, during the wars uh, and, and, or even in the, in, the, in the police department, fire department during 9-11. Right. I, I look at the things that have happened to these people and I say, yeah, they, they need help. Right. But even those who need help, when the opportunity presents itself to, to acknowledge that they need the help, it really is a, is a great thing for them to help over, overcome those, sure. those, I, those I, I tragic events. I agree. Um, I, know, I know a few people who um, also went through that 9-11 thing. I actually... Funny enough, used to, not funny enough. Um, Ironic. We'll ironically, uh, I used to work at the World Trade Center. I used to be a messenger. Um, yep. I worked in the city. And the first time when we had the bombings in, I think it was 03. Yeah. Early, I was actually early off. 2000s. I was off that day when that didn't happen in the basement. So um, the second time around, I wasn't still working there. I was working out in, um, in Hicksville uh, for Winthrop Hospital. That I was doing medical billing. So, um, you know, uh, I, I know I... A lot of people that I know, yeah. um, you know, lost their lives. Uh, I worked on the 97th floor for fiduciary trust. So I, um, you know, it definitely hits home and that's something that you can never forget. I've, I've, I've purposely avoided uh, trade center area since it happened. Right. Because I've got a lot of memories of people in time. Now. I, I too worked in the building back, oh, wow. back in the nineties. I worked one of many jobs that I had when I was working three jobs. I worked right. for a moving company that was, uh, that had an office based in one of the lower, one of the sub levels. Wow. There was seven of them there. Most people don't realize how deep that how went. Deep it was, right? Yeah. I was uh, on the 97th floor. Yeah. So I, I had that job where we would go in and have our meetings and then we'd go upstairs and move companies around. And, and even stranger, I used to work in windows on the world annually. Wow. I was a DJ for 15 years, believe really? it or not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. There, oh, there's, there's a lot of things about it. I've done, <laughs> I did more, I had more jobs by the time I was 21 than most people will have in a lifetime. In a lifetime. Right. Um, and I, and I'm proud of that. You know, I, I, I knew whether we had money or not, I knew I had to go. Well, it molded you into the person that you are today. And that's what it is. I, I have probably more than three jobs now, but it's like, I tell everybody. I've got the worst boss in the world. That jackass <laughs> looks back at me in the morning every single day every and I'm brushing day. my teeth, you know, but you know, again, it's what drives me. Yeah. Uh, but to, to that point, I, I've got a lot of friends who were there as well, uh, who were working in the building. Right. Uh, fortunately, one of my best friends got a job about a week and a half before it happened. Really? And I was panicking because I didn't know he transferred jobs and he right. used to work in the building. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I had, a, I had a couple of people we lost there, but let's, let's move on to a more positive thing. So we yes. take, but, but we take those lessons and, and we look at the PTSD issues and while they're horrible, it, it, it makes me happy to know that I'm working towards trying to help find a solution. Solution you know? for that. Yeah. No, that's, that's you know, definitely of, a great, one of the biggest pillars of my, my enterprises, I call it, right. uh, is philanthropy and mental health is, is a huge part of that. And homeless, nice. homeless veterans is another major part of it. Nice. Um, oh, on that line, is there, are there any, there are any causes out there that are important to you that you put time or effort into, uh, that you'd like to help spread a message about? Um, more about the, 
the the homeless situation. Um, you know, for me, I I like to give you know to like different causes, mm-hmm. but I always like to do it privately in a sense um, because for me, and you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think any any time when you're doing something from the heart, you sort of you don't want to broadcast it. Like I I feel like for me, you know. I can get enough attention just in my business and just being a father and all those different things. Um, so, you know, anytime when I'm doing something, I feel like I'm given from the heart. I, I don't broadcast that too much. Yeah. You know, sometimes you broadcast it to sort of bring awareness to yep. it. But as far as letting people know this is what I'm doing, I, I try to stay away from that. I'll, and I'll move away from the topic because I don't want you to overstep your own. Balance. No problem. No, that's fine. But, and, and I get it. That's the way most people are. And I have crazy respect for it. I've very recently decided to go the other direction with mm-hmm. it only because of the position that I've been built, busted, right. put into where I can create awareness. Right. So it's never about how much I gave, but it's how much awareness it's like, that you want to bring to yeah. it. And, and like I said, I, I'll, I'll do the same thing, yeah. you know, f- f- like, especially around the holiday time, like Christmas is one of my favorite mm-hmm. holidays. You know, you have the toys for tots drive yep. and all those different things. You know, I can go into the store and spend a couple of hundred, you know, grab five, six bags, 10 bags, whatever it is, you know, and donate those toys to people who are less fortunate. Because I think that just for, for me oh. is something that hits home because I know what it is to not have. Yeah. So, you know, things like that just, um, it really. Uh, the way it, I look it, at it, it is it's, it's not about, more often than not in reality, it's not about how much money you dig into your pocket and give away. It's how much of an effort you put into right. it. Because a lot of people look at charity and say it's nothing more than cutting a check. Right. But and, I, are, and I hate when people say that because, yeah. like you said, you're, you're, you're doing something from, from your heart. You don't, you're not looking at it from that point yeah. of view. You're looking at it as how it makes those people feel, the people that you're trying to touch their yeah. lives. It's not about, for us, it's not about anything other than And it's than an that. awareness thing. How it's do we awareness. eliminate those problems? Yeah. Because, you know, homeless and all, you, you could look at all those th- things and say they, you know, they are a disease. Right. It's, it, it may not be a physical one, but it's, but it's an environmental. No, one. it definitely is because, yeah. you know, you think about it or what we're doing, you know, you're one decision away from your whole life turning upside down yeah. and it can happen to any one of us. So, no matter you know, how, no matter how, how successful or unfortunate or, you are. Yeah, absolutely right. So it can happen to any one of us. So I think you always want to, you want to be aware of that yep. and never, never forget, you know, like I said, you, you know, if, if you're in a position where you can do for others, you should, I think you definitely should always do that because you never want to forget, you know, how fortunate you are. Amen. And like you said, it's not even about the amount of money. It's yeah. just about how you make somebody else feel. Yep. So, and I think that's contagious when other people see you doing it. I think as the person doing it, right. we kind of feel guilty. We don't want other people to know about right. it all too often. It right. was kind of the way that I was raised that you do these things for yourself right. uh, and for your own self-satisfaction. But at the same time, I almost look at it now. Where, and, and again, this is just my own personal mindset. Not sharing in, in what you're doing for people right. doesn't allow the opportunity for others to say, hey, look at me. I'm doing this and too. And let me do the same which thing. Which might encourage someone else to You're absolutely right. That's why I said I, I think the way that I look at it, you know, maybe I need to sort of change, you know, my outlook on that because, you know, I, I think if you're bringing more awareness to something, maybe that'll make someone else say, you know what, let me take it a step further yeah. or let me do a little bit more. Um, maybe I should do something. So, you know, like I said, I sort of struggle with that because I feel like for me, I want to keep that private. I want yeah. to do that privately because I'm not doing it oh, for I, the satisfaction of others. But at the same time, with what you're saying, it makes perfect sense yeah. because you still want to try to bring awareness to these things because it's something that we deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. Oh, so, listen, if you ever want to come outside that box and talk about it, I'm more than happy to because I, <laughs> I, I love I doing it. 
it's like I used to say, you know, the, the greatest opportunities I've ever had in this world were when I was asked to be up on a stage and speak in front of a room of 10, 20, 50, a thousand people. Right. Um, I was the one who was blessed for being there because the more I got to talk and share, the more I learned. Right. And I always said, whenever I stepped off the stage, I could guarantee you I learned more than every other person in that audience, no matter how <laughs> wow. big a room it was. Wow. Um, That's pretty cool. And, and it's the epitome of opportunity because I get to learn about myself. Right. You know, where was I comfortable? Where was I uncomfortable? Where did I succeed and where did I fail? It sort of stretches your tolerance, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. And, and it, it makes you into a bigger and better person in my gotcha. belief, because gotcha. that's been my experience. Every time I've had a chance to do it, I felt that I've grown personally, right? whether it be emotionally, educationally, uh, mentally, spiritually, it, it didn't matter, but there was always some kind of growth that come out of it. And I am not what we're, even what we're doing right now, right. granted the camera's on, but this is terrifying to me, but I've learned to overcome that to say, there's a reason why, I chose to do to this do because there was a calling. I don't know what it was, right. but something triggered and said, this is more than just business, which is why I look at it and say, most people will look at this and say, ah, you're nothing more than a real estate agent doing a, doing a podcast, trying to sell you services. Right. And, and I laugh when someone says that to me because I look at it, here's a guy sitting three feet away from me who literally could com be competing in my own backyard tomorrow right. for business opportunities. Right. And I don't look at that as competition. I look at that we're, as opportunity. We're not, we're, not, we're not supposed to. And I think, you know, yeah. I try to tell people that all the time. People feel like, you know, because we're all in the same business, you can never <clears throat> salute someone else for what they're doing or can never big up someone else. And there's enough out there for all of us. And Amen. there's enough room out there for all of us where we can still salute, commend one another, respect one another. And it doesn't diminish your light or it takes nothing away from what you're doing. Yeah. But some people feel like, no, 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 it's, it's all about me, which is fine. But there's enough out there for all of us. And I can salute Dean Miller and everybody else that's doing the same business that I'm doing and absolutely and think absolutely nothing of it because there's enough of it out there for all of us and the opportunities, like you said, you and I can have a conversation. I can tell you I have a buyer that's looking for something in a particular area and that may be something that you're working on right, right. now as we speak. You can let me know about it. We can put the deal yep. together and that's how we keep things going. That's so, it. Uh, I try or help to or find someone else. It's not even who, you or I. Yeah, absolutely right. got that person. Yeah, yeah. absolutely right. And that, that's what business and I think life in general should always be about. You know, yes, it's a constant competition on a daily basis. I get it. But also at the same time, we don't need to, everything doesn't need to be so cutthroat. Right. So there's enough out there, like I said, for everybody. If you go out there and you do the right things and you're a person of integrity, the business and you, you put out that correct energy, all the things that's supposed to come to you is going to come to you regardless yeah. of anybody who's hating or whatever you're doing or has something negative to say. It's going to come to you regardless. I'm going to give you a book when we finish here that uh, our, our second podcast we did was with a friend of mine by the name of Tom Keenan who wrote, who wrote a book uh, and we've promoted it. I won't get, get into the name of it right now, but okay. we'll post it up because it's, it's one of those four letter words that we don't want to use. <laughs> uh, but he talks about core values being a huge part of the book. Right. Uh, and it sounds to me like you kind of live in that world as well, whether or not you actually have them written down. I think you live a certain set of core values based on the conversation we're having right now. Right. I, I definitely pick up on it. Thank you. Uh, and I, I respect and appreciate that from anybody who Thank can you. say, I understand who I am and I'm willing to accept it warts and all. Right. So let's go down that path. Sure. Would you be willing, and I'm not looking for the most personal, but we talk about successes and failures. I'd love to hear about a failure of yours and how you overcame it. I'd love to hear about a success of yours that helped you have that exponential growth that you may or may not have had. Um, failure or challenge, anything like that? Well, um, I mean, challenge, um, you know, I can say, you know, like I said, when I was, um, buying my first house and closing on the house and then getting laid off exactly a week later, 
um, a lot of the people that I spoke to um, when this happened, this was July. And my first payment wasn't due until September. So everyone said, you know what, you have enough time to put the house back on the market and sell it. But, you know, you have a lot of small-minded people and that's how they think. Yeah. I'm not a small-minded person. Run away person. from your problem. Run away from the problem. I'm not going to run away from the problem. I didn't buy this house to sell it three months later. So, you know, at that point, you need to sort of dig deep and you, um, you have to find a way to make things happen. So, yes, I, you know, I was unemployed for, I don't know, maybe six, seven months. You know, at that point, you sort of have to tighten things up, tighten your belt because um, you have, you know, these kids that you're taking, that you're taking care of. You have uh, a wife, you have just your overall daily life that you need to continue to try to maintain. So you just find a way to sort of dig deep, I think, mentally to, to try to get past that. Um, but kind for me, I think there's, there's been a few different things that's happened. Like even when the market, you know, when it took a shift in 2006, seven and eight, seven and eight, um, you know, at that point I had two investment properties in Brooklyn, um, two really nice cars. <laughs> My overhead at that point was maybe about $10,000 a month. Okay. And I'm saying to myself, well, as long as I sell a house every, if I can do two deals a month, I should be able to get past that. Yep. But you know, you put in more pressure on yourself than you need to because you have all these different things that are going on. But when the market, when it tanked, now it's, it's a reality check that as much as I think that I'm invincible, I'm really not invincible. Yeah. And now, you know, I'm sort of stressing myself out and my high blood pressure is even getting to a point where it's out of control, but you have to find a way to say, okay, these things are not working. So I need to get back to the drawing board. I need to get rid of these cars. These houses that I have went, where I'm having problems with the tenants, I need to sell them. I need to let them go. And you kept the sneaker collection the whole time. The though, right? sneaker collection. There you I go. definitely, <laughs> I, de <laughs> I definitely kept the sneaker collection. Um, but you let everything else go because you need to try to find a way to get through this rough period that you're going through this rough patch and knowing that everything will turn around at some point. You and took, uh, you took what, what you let in saying was a massive failure on your part and turned it into an enormous success. No, you definitely, you, you, you have to. Funny um, how they're one and the same all too often. You know, they, they definitely are. Um, you know, it, it's just like you said, we've all had failures and shortcomings, but are you going to let that define you? Right. Is that what's going to be your end or be all? For me, it's, we fail pretty much almost every day. I mean, every day we get up, we have different, we have people that are dependent on us on a, on a daily basis. You know, we're, we're leading these people whether it be your kids or whether it be people that work for you and you can have a bad day or a bad two or three days, but these people are still looking to you for leadership and they're still looking to you for certain things. So you Great can't say, to, words. you can't say to them, you know, things are not working out right now and the market is bad or whatever the, the case is, you have to find a way to keep going. Yeah. So um, for me, I, I've, like I said, me being on my own since I was 17, I've dealt with a lot of different things and a lot of different challenges. And, you know, when things are going with, when they're going bad, you can't say to yourself, okay, you know, let me go back home. Cause I left home when I was 17. So I left home with the mindset that there's nothing behind me. Mm -hmm. There's nothing for me to go back to. So I have to find a way to make this right. work. And that's how I treat my business in a sense uh, with real estate. When I got into the business, so I said that I was going to do this full time since 2005. It doesn't matter what is in front of me. I have to find a way to make this work. In real estate, for me, there is no plan B. This is what I'm doing and I, I'm going to find a way to make it yeah. work.
I don't care what it is. One way or another, I have to find a way to work, to make it work. And so, that's always been just the way that I look at things. So let, let's take the next step. What does the future hold? What's the direction? What's the goal for Femi over the next five, 10, however many years you want to keep doing this? Um, I think to keep to, to definitely keep doing real estate, uh, looking at that point to do more investing. I'm, I'm investing now. Um, but at that point to own a, a few multifamily buildings, uh, you know, maybe 15, 20 units um, and continue to do real estate because I love the business. I love dealing with people. I think just also a lot of people who've dealt with other realtors who for whatever reason told them that they weren't qualified to buy a house or they couldn't make it happen or they couldn't. An agent telling a potential home buyer. It's happened this. plenty of times. Yep. We both know. Yeah, um, I just wanted to make sure we're, yeah, yeah, we're okay. on the same page. Yeah, Thank definitely. you. Um, so I love to come in contact with those people. I love the challenge of being able to help them make that American dream come to fruition. It's one of the most rewarding experiences when you take a, what, what someone defined as a quote unquote challenged home buyer right. and, and go outside the box. And like I said the other day, I, I've gotten to a point in my life where I don't even think the box exists anymore. We right. crushed it so bad. You couldn't get in it if you tried. You, can, you definitely can. I love living outside in that area. Right. And, and the status quo is the one thing in life I will challenge every single day. You and me both. Uh, you want to go toe to toe on that. I, <laughs> Either I'm going to win or you're going to kill me. It's the only go. way that conversation is going to happen. That is going to end. Yeah. yeah. It was when uh, I saw that, that Will Smith conversation. When he's on the treadmill. Says, you you when have, he gets on the treadmill. Yeah, you want to have a treadmill contest, one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to win or I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, and, and it, I, I love that mindset right. of, of invincibility. And I, I think just in, in, in the world that we live in, the, the world can be a very tough place to live and sustain in the sense, but you need to have that mindset to be able to continue to keep it going on a daily basis. You know, we both wake up certain days and we don't want to do anything. Yep. We don't want to be bothered with anybody. We hate the world, but you have to, like you said, I'll give you your 90 seconds of the pity party. Yep. I'll give you half a day, whatever you need, but I need you to shake it off and keep it going. Yeah. Cause this is not where it starts, yep. starts or stops. Yeah. We need to keep this thing going. Right. So, because our job is to make a difference. Yeah. You know, and, and I think making a difference in people, people's lives, like you said, uh, people take that so lightly. For me, it's one of the, uh, one of the most gratifying yeah. things in the world. I yeah. will put it on a hat or a t-shirt eventually, but I say it all the time. I don't get out of bed in the morning to make a dollar ever. Get out of bed in the morning, make a difference. Make a difference. As a result of that, the dollars will find you. It definitely will find you. I think the, the fact that you love what you do. Yeah. It definitely shows with the people that you come in contact well, with, the way that you make people feel. Yeah. I almost put the t-shirt on today that said, passion never fails. That's um, and, and I think, I, I think a lot about what you've said and I hear that, I hear that resonating and I'm, I'm very, very happy and honored that we got to do this Thank today you. because you. I'm glad. I, I Thank feel you that me. passion from you as well. And what I've seen you do, what I've heard from others about you and what we've discussed here as well. Thank you. Um, so let, let me ask you one more couple of short sets of questions sure. before, we, Shoot, before we wrap. Um, Without getting into anything that even remotely sounds like discrimination, because we are watched so closely with what we do, with what we do, is there a target audience or an ideal client for you, or, or more more important? Let, let's phrase it another way: not to not to put ourselves in a, in a, in a box. bad legal situation. Oh, right, right. Um, you know, because <laughs> we know they listen. Yeah, it, and and that's why I do it. It's like I said, I like to live outside the box, but right. I do not want to break the law. <laughs> right. Um, as much as I say the best thing that could happen to me in my business is if I were no longer allowed to have a real estate license, I could run the business and not have to have the salesperson responsibility. Right. Um, how, how do we rephrase this a little bit better? What are, 
how can we put this a little bit better? I might have to pause and edit out the next 30 seconds of silence. <laughs> um, you know, who is it that, who is it that you want to, what is it that you want to do when it comes to the business, when it comes to the business, what, what are your, what are you, let, let's completely eliminate that and say, what are your goals going forward? What are your, what are your stretches, your, your, your stretch goals kind of things? Um, it's a good question. Is it more transactions? Is it more investment properties? Is it new opportunities for you? Um, new, definitely looking for new opportunities. Um, and also more investment properties. Um, you know, I, I buy property, fix them and sell them. So that I love as well. Um, you know, I try to see if I can maintain a balance as best as possible, which for all of us, the time management is always going to be something that it, we'll struggle with forever. Time management doesn't exist. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to get shit done. You got to get it. You got to get shit done. Yeah. So people ask me that all the time. For me, it's just about, you know, you got to get shit done. Yep. Like me, I'm not, I'm not a morning person, but. When oh, see, you I have knew we things, had something else in common. Oh, see, yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to me before nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you. For me, definitely more opportunity. Um, looking to do to do more investing. Um, as far as I think people that you work with, um, everybody has whether it's a different challenge or just a different wall up or different preconceived notions that they have about agents. So you know, for me, it's let's try to see if we can find some sort of a common ground. Let's see if we can have an intelligent conversation because. If you're one, if you're a person who, regardless of what I say, you always have a rebuttal for it, or you feel like you're better than me, or you're more knowledgeable than me, then that's something that I can't compete with. Yeah. But, you know, you might've sold three or four houses and you feel like, you know, you've arrived and there's nothing wrong with that, but I've been involved. Because in, in many the, people's cases, they have, they as, have. They, as they define it. Right. But I've been involved in over 300 transactions, mm -hmm. or a couple of hundred. So I know just a little bit more than you. Right. So you know, try to take my advice or try to take, you know, my way of trying to help you navigate through what we're trying to get done. Because at the end of the day, I'm not looking to to hurt you. You know, nine times out of 10, you probably came to me as a referral from someone else that I dealt with in the past. Right. So remember those things from what those people said to you about me, but then also give me an opportunity to help earn your business and then see how I do things. And you can see that when we're able to get the deal done. I'm someone that you're going to have as a point of reference for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and that for me, I, I think is, is key. In every deal I do now, I try to ask every party involved as we get closer to consummating that marriage. Right. What can I do to help make your life a little bit easier? What can I do to help you get this done? Sometimes they'll look at you and just say, get it, get it done. Get it done. Right. But other times, you know, people are going to have questions. Right. And, and especially when we're dealing with a first time buyer and, and people overlook it when we're dealing with a first time seller. That's true. You know, even though they've gone through the quote unquote real estate process, they've never gone through this part of the process. That's true. And, and I they think, don't and I know think, what they don't know. No, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I think with the amount of information that you have out there, you have some people who delve too much into it, mm -hmm. but then you have some that have no clue what they're doing. So for us, sometimes it can turn into a job or maybe it's just about not so much about the transaction, but you forget some of those little things. And sometimes I need to reel myself back yeah. in because I forget that experience that they're going through. So you have to sort of remind yourself and, you know, when you're able to get to that finish line, you know, just the feeling or how you made them feel. And the fact that you were able to get this done for them uh, I, is, I, is huge. I'll tell you about another book you may want to look into because I've been tearing it apart and obsessing about it for years. There's a book by a guy named Donald Miller, no relation, he wrote a <laughs> book called building a story brand. 
And, and the okay, goal that. of that book is to basically say in everybody's story, your job, my job is the realtor. Right. We are not the hero with a story. We don't turn around at the end of the day and say, look at me. I sold this house. Right. We're nothing more than a guide, which is why Yoda's sitting on the desk right here with me. Uh, okay. The job is to be what the, up, guide. The, the guide. Is to, the job is to be the guide right. in consumer story. Right. At the end of the day, they successfully bought or sold a house. I tell people all the time, my entire life, I've only sold or bought, I think it's six or seven homes. The ones that I personally have owned and lived in. Right. Um, but I've facilitated the opportunity and been the guide to hundreds of to families hundreds of people, in, right. their, in their transaction. Right. Uh, and I think that mind, when you, you get that mind shift and realize what your role is in the story, we can go home after we do our job and celebrate all we want. We definitely can. But it's not about us. It's, no, it's, it's, about, it's always about them. And I think that's what a lot of people forget. You know, yeah. when, when you're sitting down or you're talking with either a buyer or a seller and you're trying to get an idea of what they're looking to do, you know, you need to let them talk. You need to shut the hell up. Let them talk. Let them vent. Let them get out all the things that they need to get out. Sit back and listen to what they're saying. Be able to take that back to the drawing board and then you can come up with a plan to be able to help them reach that goal. Because like you said, at the end of the day, it's not about, it's not about me or you. Yeah. It's about them and helping them reach that finish line. And I think as long as you can do that, you're winning. Because yeah. we both know there's a lot of people who will start with sellers and buyers yeah. and cannot get to that finish yeah. line for whatever reason. You want to you learn an easy way to figure out who the smartest person in the room is? Look around and listen carefully. They're usually the ones who speak the least. Yeah, absolutely you know? right. <laughs> well, I was watch. I watched a movie, and they said that the um, the weakest one is the loudest one. The weakest one in the room is the loudest one in the room. Exactly. And I don't want to be the loudest one. No. Let me be in the corner by myself, just soaking it all in, trying to make sure that I am the dumbest person in that room. It's why it's one of the reasons why I chose to do this because I say, as the interviewer, right, I'm almost forced to shut my mouth, right, because I don't think anybody on the other side of this camera or the other side of this microphone. Wants to hear me talk about me. <laughs> right. You want to learn about me? Pick up the phone, call and ask and tell me to tell you the story. Right. I'm good. Put me on the stage in the spotlight. I'll tell you the story and then walk off the stage. Right. Um, but what I love about this, and, and we've mentioned, I've studied a lot of interviewers just because it's part of who we are and what we have to be as professionals. Professionals, yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Learning how to interview people. Uh, and that challenge, this is forcing me to get better at it. And, and I'd love doing it because I literally could sit back here and say, hey, here's the spotlight. Tell me when you want me to take it off of you. Because right. until that moment, I'm gonna going to leave it on you. I want to make it all about you. Right. Uh, and by doing that, I get the opportunity to benefit the lives of so many other people who are listening. It's true because, uh, you know, with, with all of us, Dean, we all have <laughs> some sort of a common thing about us, which a lot of people can resonate towards, you know, whether it be whatever your shortcomings are and you feeling like you're the only person that's going through that. Every successful person, we're all, you know, you're, you're 10 years in the making. So mm -hmm. we've all had mistakes, trials and tribulations, being dealt a bad hand, but it's always about, it's always about that comeback. That comeback is, it's, it's real. Yeah. And you, you know, I, I think depending on the type of person that you are, like I said, for me, I've been dealt a bunch of bad hands, but I've also been dealt a lot of good hands and I've been very fortunate and been successful in this business. And my goal is to try to keep that going. So, you know, you, you can never let, you know, your failures or those things define you. Yeah. You definitely have to get up every day and you have to keep it going. I'm somewhat of a gambler. I love playing poker, even though I kind of gave it up about 10 years ago. Mm, uh, okay. 
but I still relate back to it all the time and tell the stories. I've been at poker tables where I've lost huge sums of my chip stack. I used to play tournament, tournament oh, nice. hold them. Nice. So it wasn't like I lost a lot of money, but I lost my chip stack right. where back to back hands, I, I lost to pocket aces, pocket Kings, and then got knocked out of a tournament with pocket Queens. When wow. I had, when I had more than 50% of all the chips in the tournament in really? front of me in three hands, I got knocked down. Wow. But to get to that spot, I won hands with pocket threes with, uh, it, Got to limp in on the big blind with a seven two and flop the full house. Nice, wow! Miracles happen. That's miracles what, definitely do happen. This, I mean, I, I, I don't have that same tolerance as you because I've never gambled that much. Yep. I'm almost like a senior citizen in a sense. I'll get a cup <laughs> full that's of coins right. and I hit the slots. Yeah, that's as far as I'll take it when it comes to gambling. And I think when me growing up in Brooklyn, we we used to you know downtown they used to have the guys who had the the three. Uh, cup, three card cup, Monty. Three, yeah. Oh, oh, the, the, the cup, the, the cup with the, the ball cup, in it. Yeah, with the ball. Yeah. So I think that's as far as I've taken it. Yep. Um, but, you know, life and business is, it's all about risks. Yeah. And you, like you said, you can, you know, align it with uh, poker or you can align it with something else that you've done. Yeah. But that's, that's what we do. I mean, you know, you, to be successful, um, you have to take risks and you have to be able to stretch your tolerance. That's the only way that you're ever going to be more successful than what you're thinking that you can do. I think Always. Ted Turner said it best. You know, you aim for the moon and you, you know, you arrive at the stars. Aim for the moon. You, yeah. You, and, yeah. You'll, and, and that's, that's how you have to have your mindset when it comes to business. Yeah. Any sort of business that you're looking to do, it, that's it, how you have to look it, at it. It's like we say all the time, failures are right as long as you fall forward. Yeah. Because even when you do that, you're at least five feet ahead of where you started. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, and we get knocked down and you got to wipe off your backside and you get, I agree hey, 100%. As long as you can lean forward when you get up, you yeah. know, those create opportunities. Yeah. I think what, what the, the problem with a lot of people is everyone always looks to have things perfectly set up before they make a move. Sometimes use the analogy of you're, you're up in this, I guess you're about to go skydiving. You just have to jump out of the plane and build a parachute on the way down. I'm glad you said that because Steve Harvey did a, did a clip. Mm -hmm. uh, you can look it up on YouTube. It's called jump and, and saw him do it on the stage at family feud in between, in between sessions. They, right. There's a YouTube, there's a YouTube video out there called jump. And I think he wrote a book called jump as well. Mm, I gotta and and where he begs people and he says, if you don't jump, you'll never know if you were able to, to, to succeed. To 100%. Do You've got to want to move. You have to. Because staying where you are, if, you, if you're not growing, you're dying. And if you're sitting in that same spot and not moving out of fear, you're going to kill yourself right. in half the time. Yeah. Um, All the what ifs and what I could have done and what I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I can't live with that. That for me is just, it's too much. Get yeah. out there and try it. Whether you fail at it, you, at least you got it off your bucket list. It's something that you were able to do. But then if you choose to do that same thing again, you're not going to make those same right. mistakes. And you tried and you'll have that story. You have to, to always forever. try it. I'll always respect the person that tried as opposed to the one that sits back and has something to say, yeah. but you never gave it a try. You never did yeah. anything. So yeah. you're the least qualified to have anything to say about what this man just did. Failure is the greatest growth tool out there. I agree. 100%. That's, that's all it is. So let, let, let's wrap this up. Um, do you have a question that you'd like to put out there and ask our audience and we'll, and we'll see if we get any comments or is there anything we could do to help bring you value? Who are you looking to work with? What are you looking to do? All that kind of stuff. Um, no, no questions. I, I'm just hoping that, um, you know, people are uh, able to learn something from this, um, you know, from this podcast that we're doing. Um, you know, anyone that reaches out to me, you know, if you're looking, you know, anything real estate related, um, you know, definitely reach out to me. Um, like I said, I've been doing this 17 years. Uh, I plan on doing it for at least another 17 more because I do love what I do and I love to 
make a difference in people's lives. So, you know, if you're looking for, you know, someone like that to work with, I'm your guy. I mean, I'm, I'm Brooklyn, Queens and Long Island. So I, I stretch from different, you know, and different I, boroughs. I, 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 I don't it. just have, handle one area. I'm born in Brooklyn. I lived in Queens for a few years and I live in Long Island for almost 20 years. So I can handle any one of those areas. That's it. Yeah. So I tell everybody, every, everybody around here, I, I, I'm not a fan of those people who say you can only work in that one neighborhood. I completely disagree with that. 100%. This year alone. Why can't you? Yeah. And that's it. If, (laughs) if that's what you choose to do, then I get it. And that's, that's a choice. That's a choice. And I thank you for saying that. that. It's a choice. Uh, And and I don't, I don't say anybody else should do it or shouldn't do it. You have to make the choice. I, in my business have made the decision to say I'm licensed in the state of New York. And if I feel I can serve you in the best way possible, I don't necessarily have to know everything about the community you live in. Right. Because all I have to do is say, hey, Siri, or hey, Alexa. You're right. I'm hoping my phone doesn't go off right now. <laughs> all the technology that we have now, yeah. it just it, it makes it a lot easier. But if it's a situation where you feel like you can't service it or handle it to the best of your, you know, your ability, then, of course, you'll refer it out. So, yeah. you know, I, I think the same way that yeah. you think. You know, I, mean, I, I literally, this, this calendar year alone, I've got a listing in East Hampton, and we just sold a condo in New York City on, nice. uh, on right off of 6th Avenue. Nice. So that's pretty much a hundred and something miles from miles in between close to it. Yeah. You, you uh, can definitely, you, you, you can definitely handle it. I mean, in know, both we, cases, we, we cli- get out there and we do what we yeah. need to do. What happened was the clients bought into our systems and right. our methods and what we do. Right. And we're, we believe they bought enough, into you and that's exactly you and your systems. They believe in our, our organization. Right. And, and because I, I look at it and I say, why did we call? And I, I told the story in the last episode, but I'll tell it again. Why did we choose to call the company Dean Miller Real Estate? I could have come up with anything. Right. And I looked at it and I said, the reality of it is the successes of this organization are 100% the responsibility of the members of our organization. Right. But at the same time. I heard you say that. 100% of the failures fall on the, on the name of the guy who sh- who's got his name on the shingle. That's true. Um, and, and that holds me accountable. Not it only to. Not only to the consumers, the buyers and seller clients that we have out there, but to every single person who blesses me with the opportunity to say they work for Dean Miller Real Estate. Yeah, absolutely right. Because I work for all of them. None right. of them work for me. Right. Uh, because it's your, like you said, everything starts and stops with you. And the people that you choose to align yourself with or you bring under that umbrella, they have to have those same standards and qualities that you do. Yeah. So that's what people need to understand. It goes it, back. It goes back to that core values conversation that it, we had. It definitely, it definitely does. If if your cause and values are not aligned with the cause and values that I have, then we're definitely it's yeah. it's never going to work. If the team member or the employee or the staffer, if we fail as a result of them, it's because I failed in putting them in a position to succeed. That's true. I believe in that. That's true. I believe in uh, that too. I, Femi, I want to thank you so much for your time. This no has problem. been Thanks enlightening for, for me. me. <laughs> I, I hope that it's been enlightening to anybody out there. I hope so too. Any of you have any questions? I'm not a fan of websites and phone numbers anymore. Listen, like he said, go on to the Google, as we put it, and search Femi the agent and you will find him. Um, Femi is a, is, a, is a rock star success at what he does. Thank you. He's an even better person. I'm blessed and honored to have had the chance to spend 45 minutes or so with you today. And Thank I, you. Look, I, appreciate I look it, forward to evolving this relationship Definitely. and being, again, being part of your successes. If there's ever anything we can do for you, all you got to do is pick up the phone or shoot. Don't even pick up the phone. Go right through that social media that connected us in the first place. <laughs> exactly. You know? I definitely make sure we, that we got to embrace the fact that we've got to embrace the technology that's younger than us, and we got to evolve true. with that. It's true. We okay. definitely have to because if you don't yeah. embrace that technology, you'll be you'll be left in the dust. That's it. You have to embrace it. That's the only way to keep up with, you know, most of the people that we're dealing with nowadays. Yeah. Everybody they don't want to talk, so you have to find a way to connect with them. You've got to communicate with people in a way, way that, that they, they choose to be, to be communicated. Yeah, with. absolutely. Right. You know. 
Yeah, and it's some, right. some days it's going to have to be Pony Express and other days <laughs> we true. may want to just telepathically embrace it and tell them, you never right. know. So get a pigeon tied <laughs> to the leg and, you know, saw, we do it the old school way. I saw a pigeon out in front of the building the other day that had the little orange band around its ankle right. because there's a pigeon club literally right across the street really? from our office. I've never seen the birds there. Right. I think they more with the supplies, but I saw, I saw the ankle thing and I saw a woman walk out and I said, I don't know if that one's yours or not, but he's been sitting in that spot for three hours. I think he's looking to go home. He might be exactly. <laughs> so, all right. On, on that, on that note, we're going to wrap. Femi, again, thank you so much for your thank time. You, Dean. Ladies thank you, Dean. Thank you so much for tuning in. We greatly appreciate your attention, your support, uh, your engagement. We would love to hear from you. Uh, comments, questions, likes, shares are the lifeblood of what we do. So please take it upon yourself if you find any value in this to hit one of those buttons, the heart, the thumb, the paper airplane, the share button. Uh, it means more to us than you could ever imagine and helps Absolutely. us get our word out there. Absolutely. Uh, so we thank you so much for your time and attention. This is another episode of Opportunity Knocks. We look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Have a fantastic day. Thank you. Have a fantastic day, folks.